Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you've never had a virtual interview before, chances are you'll experience one in the very near future due to social distancing recommendations. For the time being, Orion has decided to hold our hiring conferences virtually in light of COVID-19. While the setting is different, the goal is the same. A virtual conference will allow you to interview with hiring managers for positions across the country that are a match with your background, skills, and preferences. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jay Caranda, an Orion recruiting manager, to talk about the basics of attending an Orion conference virtually. Jay will talk about what to expect when participating in a virtual hiring conference, tips for success, as well as common mistakes to avoid. Check out this week's episode show notes for a link to our virtual hiring conference website. There you'll find additional resources and success stories, and you can view a schedule of upcoming events. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for future podcasts, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Jay. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good morning, Megan. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really happy to have you because I feel like today's topic is well overdue. We probably should have talked about this a while ago because in light of COVID-19, obviously that's changed a little bit about how we're doing our hiring and with conferences and things like that. So I definitely want to talk all about, you know, our virtual conferences, some of the best practices and tips that we have. And I know you have a lot to share um, regarding that topic. But before we jump into that, can you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, thanks. So my name is Jay Coranda. I'm a recruiting manager here with Orion. I've been with Orion now for just over 20 years um, prior Navy. And what I do is I manage the West Coast for Orion and um, both our officer and enlisted recruiting from basically everywhere from across the, the West Coast states, but also uh, Asia and all across the Pacific. Awesome. And before we jump into it, like you said, you've been here for a while, so you've seen a lot over your time here recruiting. And I mean, this was probably a little bit of an adjustment for you because you're so used to going to conferences. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, like, I think like a lot of people, a lot of companies adapted pretty quickly. Overall, we we had already been had introduced virtual uh, hiring conferences. Um, Actually, a few years back, we had started creating this kind of platform to use, and just it kind of accelerated what we had learned from that once this whole uh, pandemic started and the change that everybody went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, in light of COVID nineteen, all of our conferences have been moved to virtual, at least for the foreseeable future. So, I want to talk a little bit more about that for a candidate who has not attended a virtual conference before. Like you said, we've been doing it for a couple of years now, but obviously we're relying on it a lot more heavily now. So um, what platform do we use? So currently we are set up, the primary platform that we use with most of our clients has been Zoom uh, meetings, which has been kind of a big one uh, overall for a lot of companies. A lot of people have moved over to Zoom pretty quickly. It's kind of crazy if you uh, you hear some of the stats. Zoom went from like, 10, 15 million like active users to 500 million users in like two weeks. Well, when wow. this all, when everyone was at home, it, they were the the big one that really was set up to do this because of the gallery view they set up with multiple cameras and stuff like that, which was the other services didn't have this kind of the same capabilities at that point. So the early adopter was that everybody went to was Zoom, and that's why you hear that name now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the gallery view that they have where you can see everyone who's on it. Typically, if someone comes to a conference, they're being interviewed by more than one person. Are they? Is that kind of how it still is with Zoom? They typically have a couple of people from the company interviewing the candidate? Yeah, it's actually been pretty interesting overall the way that this has worked for us with a number of our clients that have done video interviews. So we've had an instance where you'd have a, uh, a client like in a boardroom setting, um, spread apart, of course, a little bit, but maybe two people in the room uh, on a video camera asking Cam's questions or two sitting at you know at a desk in, in their facility or something along those lines. But we've also had a case where we've had three or four managers in four different locations. Uh, maybe one in, you know, call, say Seattle, Portland, and uh, someone out of Atlanta would be on the same exact interview all at one time, which has actually helped out quite a bit um, and actually streamlined the process um, as well for the uh, interview. It's actually, been, it's actually been pretty interesting to go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of the conferences, for someone maybe who has been to a conference before or at least knows a little bit about our conference model, they might be wondering, do, do things change now that it's virtual? So, for instance, one question that, you know, I might be asking if I were a candidate is, is the process for attending a conference the same? Is it still invite only? And, you know, are they still being matched to specific clients versus it being more of a job fair? No, it, it's very similar uh, to exactly what we have done before for our normal hiring conferences, except for how the interviews really kind of take place. So we go through a uh, screening process with the candidates, talk to them about their background, their career goals, uh, when they're available, where they want to live, uh, what you know, kind of location restrictions, career goals, all those different factors that we would normally go through on kind of a screening or profiling of a candidate looking at it like at an in-person hiring conference that we would do um, from there we can actually um, then still match them up with the different companies based on all those career goals but what's giving us a lot more flexibility is not only can they do a virtual interview from uh, one of our events say on the west coast but we since we are doing this across the nation right now they now still get increased flexibility to do multiple interviews, say they're in San Diego, but they want to relocate back home to the East Coast. Now you have that a greater ability to get into those interviews by having to travel and do the in, and the cost of traveling with the in-person interviews. So it's really kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. We go through an interview an invite process. We go through a screening process. Uh, we go through uh, interview preparation. Uh, we coordinate the interviews like we would from a regular hiring conference. It just in this case, we're actually just coordinating uh, meeting times and sending them video links uh, for each of their interviews in the video room on Zoom to log into at an assigned time. So it's no different than walking around a ho- uh, say a hotel like we would normally do and going to assign in- interviews. Here, it's just going to assign video interview rooms uh, on a different schedule, on a schedule. But the client or the company could be in 10 different states. Mm-hmm. So kind of what you were just alluding to, it's basically not that you would say you're going to attend a conference and have one interview that day. You could have as many interviews as you would have had had you been to a conference. Absolutely. And it, like I said, in some cases, actually, it could be even more because you have a, a such a greater reach of uh, companies that you can get exposed to, depending on what your career goals look like. 
if you uh, at a hiring conference is great. There's some definitely some great aspects of attending an in-person live hiring conference. Um, you, you will never do away with that personal experience that you get from shaking someone's hand and meeting them and sitting across them like you would at a regular in-person hiring conference. Video will never take care of that. But what you do get is the ability to, based on your career goals, to to interview with multiple companies um, spread over a few days without having that travel aspect, where at a hiring conference, you may be limited to the uh, companies that were able to travel themselves and attend and actually be able to do an mm -hmm. interview with you in person. Here, you get a greater reach. Yeah, definitely. And also, it kind of levels the playing field to say you are going to interview with a company who's not necessarily um, located geographically close to you, so you would have to travel for it, but somebody else was closer, so they got to do an in-person video. We're in this strange time where, you know, everyone's going to have to do a virtual interview, so someone doesn't necessarily have a leg up on you based on where they're at. That's right. It makes a, it makes a huge difference that way, and it's uh, it's been great for those candidates, like you said, that are trying to make the transition one way or the other. Uh, one of the examples I have, and I think we'll, we'll talk about it later, um, is a candidate I was working with that was actually uh, graduating college. Uh, she was a Navy nuke electrician. She was graduating college in North Carolina, but she didn't want to live in North Carolina anymore. She wanted to live on the West Coast. She's originally from Northern California. She wanted to look at Northern California or Portland. She ended up having three different interviews for West Coast jobs. Um, one of them hired her with Lamb Research, hired her for a position in Portland, all through video interviews. And she starts with them in two weeks. So she's able to do the whole process um, and meet the managers a number of times via video interviews. I think she had three different video interviews with different members of the team, and then go through the whole process that way. Um, and then they actually, what they did is they had started the process with, I think, six candidates, um, all from six different locations, as, and narrowed it down to the top three, and she made, um, she made it to the top three, and then she became the finalist. And so they were able to hire her, and she was able to accept the job, and she was comfortable enough to accept that offer, and knowing enough about them to move back to the West Coast. Um, and she's never been to Portland before, but she thought it would be great to live there all via video virtual interviews. I mean, that's a great example, and I like that you shared that because I think a lot of people that are, you know, considering doing these virtual interviews, they might say, well, I'm just going to wait until things go back to normal because who knows, the hiring process might not move forward anyway. So that example that you gave is great because it shows that there really are some companies who still are moving forward with their hiring process, whether they do it all virtually. I've heard about Plenty of companies that are doing lots of cool things with onboarding virtually, like virtual happy hours and things like that. So there definitely still are ways to do it. And you know, I think if you're interviewing with a company who is moving forward and is doing, you know, kind of finding ways to do that workaround and still um, do those things like the onboarding and happy hours and things like that, that to me seems like a company who you'd want to work for. It shows that they're quick to adapt and ready to move forward regardless of the circumstances. We, even us here at Orion uh, um, in San Diego, my team, uh, we're used to doing a, a happy hour a lot of times, like on a Friday afternoon. We have a lot of breweries here in San Diego, so we would cut out of work sometimes early, around 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and we all go get a beer at the brewery right down the street. Everyone likes to do it. Uh, nice way to end the week you know, every now and then. Well, we've actually transitioned that as well ourselves into um, 
a virtual happy hour, if you will, on Friday afternoon to close out the week from what we've done since we're not all together. So not only have our clients done it, like, you know, for that and how they've adapted, we as a company have adapted that way too. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that the idea of, you know, everything moving to virtual currently and things being less than ideal for most people, right? Like people that are at home, whether they're working or interviewing for a job, you most likely are not the only person at your house, whether you have a roommate, a significant other who's also working, a pet, kids, whatever the case may be. Most people are not just by themselves with no background noise and no other distractions. And so I think it kind of levels the playing field again, and it just kind of humanizes everyone. I would think that this method of interview would be a little bit less nerve-wracking. It, it is. It, it definitely is. It's a little bit uncomfortable for some people at first because if you're not used to, up to this point, doing FaceTime, for example, a lot of people, you know, um, were not, even though you had the capability, you never really ever used it that much. And or even Messenger had the video capability. And some people used it a little bit, but uh, now it, it's the, it seems to be the norm for everybody. So once you get comfortable being on camera, um, it becomes really kind of second nature to you. And it does level the playing field uh, for you and everybody else because everybody's going through the same exact thing that you're going through. And they're not all perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. But with those distractions, obviously, um, especially in an interview setting, you still want to try to minimize those as much as possible. So I wanted to talk to you to see if you could provide some tips on how to prepare for a virtual hiring conference. Sure. It actually, you know, we go through some guidelines and when we go to set somebody up for an interview through one, you know, whether it's directly with one company or multiple companies through uh, a scheduled event like we would do, um, we go through a number of different things with the canon, kind of some guidelines that we kind of look at for them to prepare themselves. Because a lot of there's like some, there's certain things that should be common sense that, believe it or not, are not <laughs> for some people. So, um, so obviously you you want to be comfortable, understand the platform that you're going to be interviewing on. Um, everybody's a little bit different. Like so, we, we as I mentioned, we use Zoom. Um, I make uh, calls to my family on the East Coast on the weekend using messenger now because that's they're comfortable with that and i know people and i've talked to people using google meet and we even have customers that we work with that like to use microsoft teams for example though there's so there's a variety of different platforms out there and there's not one easy one to use so first of all you got to kind of understand or know what the technology is going to be and how that interview is going to be laid out so one of the things that we do working with the candidates is, is that we make sure we obviously know what that platform is but then we actually do a test with the candidate on whatever that platform is to make sure that they're comfortable and familiar with using it. So some just some general guidelines, I guess, maybe I, could, I would put out is uh, on the technology front. If you're gonna be doing video interviews from home, you definitely need to check things like your internet speed. Uh, you don't think about it when you get set up for a job interview, but obviously that connection in your house is gonna make a huge difference to the quality of the interview. Because if you have roommates that are gamers, for example, you're streaming a lot of TVs and you have low bandwidth, then your video is going to be really bad and, and it's going to be, have a lot of latency and stuff. So you just kind of need to make sure that you have a good video connection and you would prefer to be wired over Wi-Fi if all possible. 
vice versa, if you, you know, or same, I guess, if you're looking at using a tablet or a phone, those kind of things, you need to make sure that you have a good connection, good cell coverage because of the bandwidth that's needed for video. You think like, oh, I'm just going to turn this thing on and it's going to be okay. But like I said, you have a couple of roommates that are big gamers, for example, and they're eating it all, eating up all your bandwidth. <laughs> it's going to make your energy go really bad. That would probably mm-hmm. be one is to make sure you have, you know, you kind of, you just check the technology that way. Um, you want to check what the devices that you're going to use. If you're going to use a tablet or a phone or a laptop, what headphones you're going to use. We recommend using wired headphones if all possible. I know everyone's going to these fancy Bluetooth ones, but uh, wired are pretty reliable and you don't have a lot of uh, connection issues and those kind of things that could happen to you in the middle of an interview. So um, you want to make sure that you have a battery, for example, or standby battery, backup battery, because video uh, interviews burn up batteries like you want to believe on tablets and even on laptops. Um, I have a Mac that has a battery that's probably a 10 or 12 hour battery normally. If I'm doing video uh, interviews, that thing will burn down to maybe an hour and a half to two hours most. Um, so video interviews burn up your batteries on your devices. So make sure you have that. And then also make sure your camera works, you know how to turn it on. Um, it sounds like common sense, <laughs> you know, but it's <laughs> shocking. Um, when you go and do a test with somebody of how many, how many people are not ready to, um, can't hear, can't turn the video on all the different factors. So those are kind of the Mm -hmm. general guidelines, I guess. And, you know, you mentioned that as a recruiter, you guys always test the technology with them ahead of time, but I would say even to just try to test it out the day of. So for instance, if you're supposed to be interviewing, let's say at, you know, 11 o'clock, you would definitely want to allow yourself some time because I mean, even like, for instance, the platform that we use to record these podcasts, I've done over a hundred podcasts. So I've logged into it plenty of times, but if I've had to delete my history for whatever reason, you know, then I have to come back in. It has to re-download something. So you never really know, you know, the technology, of course, can be a little bit unreliable. So you want to make sure that you're not scrambling at the last minute to try to figure out why it's not working. And I would tell you, I would say my my pro tip, <laughs> I have learned uh, doing this, I've done a lot of these as well, setting up virtual interviews, is you, we try to do a trial run uh, of the platform and the video and all that kind of stuff with the candidates going to be set up for the interview the same time of day, the day previous, uh, the day before the interview is going to mm-hmm. take place. That way you understand what the lighting is going to be. Um, because the lighting in someone's room is completely different from 10 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, for example. So you want to try to do a trial run uh, that you we also do other things and make sure that they understand to make sure that it's a quiet place and it's a clutter-free background, for example. Like you don't have, uh, I don't know, Megadeth posters or whatever you would have. I'm going to show my age here a little bit. Uh, what on your background and all kinds of different things, right? So you just got to do that. Uh, make sure they get their lighting set up. Um, lighting is huge, important part of making it look good um, because if you got bad lighting, the camera kind of goes in and out. It's terrible. So you know, definitely you want to do it. And then we will do it the, right before the interview too. So we'll do the dry run of the 24 hours in advance of the interview time the, when we can. And then we'll do a kind of a last minute check to make sure that they're ready to go for their interviews the morning of, just a quick check in. 
um, we'll do a video call with them and just make sure that they know how to answer it and those kind of things just as a as a standby mm -hmm. backup. Yeah, and with the lighting, of course, you want to make sure that you've got a good picture that you're showing because it can't be an in-person interview due to the circumstances right now. It's definitely better than having a phone interview. I think that, you know, when you get to see someone, it is definitely different. There's an advantage there. But if, if you're in the shadows or you have like a bright window behind you or something like that, it can be distracting. So I think those are all good tips for sure. And then I would uh, another big one is um, to, is to have, kind of have a backup plan. Definitely, in case something goes wrong, um, video cuts out, telephone problems. Make sure that you they have your phone number that they can actually just do a phone call with you. Um, and then you know can also be um, have a plan that in case someone walks into the room, for example, you know how to turn off the <laughs> video and how to mute your line or something like that. So you don't have somebody coming behind you and doing all kinds of different things. So, it, like I said, that's a good point because. Sorry. Well, like I uh, said earlier, you know, it kind of. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Jay. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like I said earlier, it, this whole process kind of does humanize people, and so yeah, of course, you have people most likely that are home with you, or you might have pets, but that doesn't mean that it's a free for all for your interview and you don't have to go into it with the assumption. Well, they understand because I'm at home because realistically you might have those dis distractions and things going on, but that doesn't mean you can't do your best to mitigate it. Like for instance, when I record podcasts, I have to have my entire family go in a different room so that they're away from me. Even prior to this, on the days that I would work from home, I would put my dog in another room and, you know, shut the door so that, you know, potentially there might still be a little bit of background noise, but it would at least be muffled. So you're at least doing your best, you know, with what you have. Well, I have seen uh, candidates do interviews walking around a grocery store on a video. I could not believe it. <laughs> I've seen them driving a car uh, with the phone up on the dash and driving while they're doing the interview. So if you don't think that these things happen, they absolutely <laughs> happen like you wouldn't believe. No, there's circumstances that uh, we'll work with someone that's stationed on board of a ship, for example, that they can't have their cell phone with them, but they can do the interview like out in their car. And, and those things are fine. And we work through that and we make sure the company understands uh, th some of those challenges, for example. But there's other ones that are just stupid, silly mistakes that I wouldn't even I don't know if they're even mistakes, but you should know better to not do those kind mm -hmm. of things. And, and the other thing I, I would tell you and I uh, bring up is dress is a huge part of it. Um, you should definitely dress for the interview. Um, even though, even for, I, I, I would always recommend this, even on a phone interview, I would tell a candidate, get dressed up like you're going to do the interview, even if on a phone interview, um, because the way you dress tends to carry over into the interview. And if you're sitting there in sweats, for example, and that seems to be the uniform of the day for a lot of people, pajama pants, I believe. <laughs> um, then you don't quite interview as well. But if you get dressed up and you act like you're and you're preparing for the interview, you do a lot better overall, especially even if you're going to be on camera, it makes a huge difference as well. So you have to kind of watch your, if you're going to be on camera, you kind of have to watch the colors and stuff, what you're wearing, but dressing for the interview, whether it's video or phone, or is a huge part as well to the success that you're going to have from that. Um, and a lot of people don't think of that either. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to go jump on the, I'm going to just go do this interview real fast. 
and they're wearing a t-shirt or something like that and it just doesn't go over very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because I was going to ask you if you've seen kind of the tendency to maybe not take it as seriously as an in-person interview because, you know, there is a little bit more flexibility. People understand everyone's challenges during this time. But at the same time, as a candidate, you still have to approach it as you would any other interview. So you still have to approach it being, you know, as professional as you possibly can be. If they come on and, you know, they kind of set the stage and make it a little bit more casual, that's fine. But you still have to go into it treating it like you would any other interview, especially an in-person interview. I I think when this all first started uh, many weeks ago at this point, I think there was some of that with the candidates that were going into it kind of lackadaisical, like this is not going to go anywhere, no one's going to hire this way, those kind of things, right? This kind of attitude of I'll do it and they weren't taking it very seriously. Um, But I think that they realized that video has become the norm and for everything, for family communication, Mm -hmm playing games, happy hours to job interviews. And so I think more, more and more people have realized that this is the way people are, are moving very, very quickly to communicate and they're understanding that they have to be more prepared than when this all first started. Yeah, definitely. And for the foreseeable future. So that's good that people are, you know, getting on board with it. Um, in terms of like the timeline coming out of virtual conferences, I know that that's something we talk about all the time internally is, and even with clients is that, you know, our cycle time for conferences, if someone attends a conference, they should expect to have an offer within X amount of days. And, you know, we always talk about how it's a very quick process when you've got that um, in-person experience with a hiring conference. So have you seen from your own personal experience that that's changed a little bit with virtual or are companies still extending offers within the same time frame? Um, really just any input that you could provide here to basically let everyone listening know that it is still worth your while? Um, It's been a little bit of both. So um, one of the uh, great things about uh, a lot of the companies that we work with is that we work in what we consider to be the 16 critical industries that were were deemed essential for a lot of areas and stuff. So that helped out a lot. So we deal a lot with electronics techs, electricians, mechanics, and engineers, and operations that deal with like data centers and semiconductor and energy and all that kind of stuff, right? So that helped out um, a lot of transition and veterans going into the workforce, first of all, um, because companies still needed to hire for for those positions. Um, So there was still, and there still is a demand and they still move pretty quickly through the process. Um, In the past, we've seen companies that required to do an on-site interview and that slowed down the process because of travel arrangements, where now they're able to take some of those steps out. We've even had a client do a virtual tour of their factory, uh, automobile manufacturer in Texas, actually, and before the interviews, they did a virtual tour before the interviews began. And that gave the camp a great feeling of what the job in the facility was going to look like. So they can make a decision a lot quicker if they were offered the position. So we've been able to see that even the cycle time actually depends, uh, change a bit um, for some companies that can adapt pretty quickly, but can still hire even with when some of the travel restrictions that were put into place. And other ones that slowed down just because they have a, a, a training problem. Like one of our clients um, trains for three months in Singapore. 
every hire gets to go to Singapore for three months. It'd be great, right? Um, but mm-hmm. they can't send them to Singapore right now, so they don't know how to train. They want to hire them, but they don't know how to train them. And they're actually working through and trying to figure out how to virtually induce uh, uh, computer-based training modules with them up front, but still onboard them and hire them and get them started, but doing training virtually and then move them into into classroom training or field training uh, once they're able to start traveling. So all in all, it depends on the company and and, and what their training programs look like or if a candidate can come in from the day one and, and, and hit the ground running, as they would say, and they're able to, or they're local and they're in the local area and they don't have to fly somewhere, then they can hire them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it, it's been several weeks now, and I assume that, you know, assuming things are not going back to normal or at least adjusting to some type of new normal, there will be, for some of these companies that maybe have training programs that they can't do anymore, that they're going to have to modify or do those virtually as well, um, that that will definitely be happening too. So I think it's kind of just been a little bit of a learning process for everybody. It, it's crazy though how, how quickly um, people have adapted um, to the changes. And every day I, I can find it's kind of different for every company that we talk to about what their needs are, are looking like and and how to go about doing interviews. And, how, and we go through a, a process with, with them like we would with a candidate on trying to figure out what are they, you know, how can they interview? What are they gonna do? What are the steps? Um, what If you hire someone, what's that timeline gonna look like? And their companies are adapting extremely quick to this change as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So. Jay, you shared a little bit earlier about one of the success stories that you've had so far with virtual interviews. Is there anything else that you would want to share, whether it's just, you know, in terms of a success story or even the feedback that you've gotten from candidates with virtual conferences that they've attended? Um, There's been, like I said, I think there's been a number of successes overall. You know, going into this, I think everybody went into the thought process of, we're gonna do, and especially on the company side, like we're gonna we're gonna do these video interviews um, to kind of keep the um, rhythm going, and not sure how it's all gonna work out if we're gonna we're gonna be able to hire somebody because they're so used to the, with so used to their norm, and their old processes of hiring somebody and onboarding them as well, like we just talked about, but. Since then, um, we've had companies like um, I had a company that hired four field service engineers uh, for positions in, in Northern California and Southern California, and was able to do it directly through video interviews. Um, and once again, the cans were spread all over the place, if you will. And then mm-hmm. we just had the one. yeah, and sorry. Um, okay. And then we had the one in North. We had the one in North Carolina. Um, we. And so there has been, um, it's been slow, it's slow, but there's a lot of candidates become very comfortable in that process, just like companies have to be able to make these decisions now, just strictly off video interview. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many things that they can do on the company side to overcome, you know, any of the things that are kind of unknowns, like in terms of when can you travel again? When can we do the onboarding? There's so many things that we are working through with clients too to 
help alleviate that so that, you know, people are still getting offers out of these interviews and things like that. So definitely, I'm sure more success to come as we continue to do these virtual events. But, um, you know, moving a little bit kind of past that, Jay, I want to see if there were any interview tips, just general interview tips, maybe your top five that you would, you know, give to any of the candidates that you work with on a daily basis. It doesn't really have to be specific to virtual interviews. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, but, um, you know, of course, like I said, we don't want this to be too specific to um, coronavirus or anything that's going on right now, because I do think that, of course, virtual interviews we're going to continue to do. But is there anything that you would give just your, maybe your top five, like I said, just tips that people should know before they go into an interview? Um, I would say first one, obviously, you want to um, do the, you, you hear this a lot, but do the research on the company, right? But a lot of people will go and look at a company's website. Um, they may go and look at a couple positions and see what they do, but they don't really take the time to learn what that company does. They just do a quick review. And so when they get into an interview, they just kind of make up on the fly what they're talking about where you should make sure that if you're going to be interviewing with a company that you understand what it is that they do and maybe and how that position fits into them as a company um, to, to learn the role. So I'll give you an example. Like we do a lot of work with Google and, you know, people that work with Google or understand Google think of it from the website point of view. Um, but there's a lot of aspects that Google has another lot of visions like uh, one part one project would be called loom which says that high altitude balloons and those kind of things then they also hire in technicians to do work on their mapping teams for like google maps and you would never think that there's an operational side of what google does to make all that data look great on your website so you have to really kind of look into the company past what you hear about uh, quote unquote a google or a facebook or or even a Microsoft and dig a little bit deeper into the role that you're being recruited for, understand how it fits into their organization would be one. Two, um, mm -hmm. definitely uh, dress is a huge part of, of the interview, whether, like I said before, like whether it's a video, whether it's a phone or in-person interview, um, most people don't, don't put a lot of uh, thought into that when they go into the interview process, especially the phone. Um, if I have a candidate that's going to be uh, is preparing for an interview, phone or video, or even in person, really, is not only do I, do I make sure they understand, you know, they tell you in books and stuff to understand what's on your resume. Well, that's easy, but what I tell them to do is to basically take out a piece of paper uh, and write a blueprint of themselves of like 10 bullet points um, that you can reference in a, like in a phone interview especially that you can look down and reference because it's hard to read your resume and remember what you put on your resume it's easier to un to look down and make sure you can work in some of your bullet points where you're originally from how many years you had in a service any qualifications you had any licenses any awards if you received uh, like a navy combination medal achievement medal if you were uh a, a sailor of the year, an instructor of the year, view or something, right? So whatever your significant accomplishments that you're really proud of, and, and you can reference those or work, make sure you work them into your interview as you're having the conversation. If it's going to be an in-person interview, just rehearse those so you know that you have to kind of remember them and also work them into your in-person interview. Those are the things that really kind of stand out 
uh, probably even more so than what's written on your resume, business course. So those mm -hmm. are kind of my big ones, and make obviously make sure you ha you you read your resume, um, formatting and content and layout and typos and grammatical errors. They really hurt um, in the interview process for a number of different reasons. So those are my kind of my biggies when I'm when I tell it um, someone that's looking at and getting preparing themselves for an interview. It's what you think would be common sense items tends to people forget a lot of that stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially when, you know, when we're talking about virtual interviews and you're worried about the technology and all these other things, it's easy to let some of that stuff slip. So I think those are all really good tips. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to, of course, include a link to our virtual interview page on our website that tells about all of the upcoming conferences and a little bit more information. So I, you know, would, of course, encourage anybody who's listening to this that is on the hunt for a new job and, you know, would have maybe liked to attend a conference, but it's still open to doing a virtual one to go check that out. And otherwise, Jay, maybe someone listening will end up having the opportunity to work with you, but I appreciate you being on here and lending all of your insight and expertise on this. Uh, I'm glad to help. I appreciate it, Megan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.